Welcome to Stories from Nowhere. I'm your host, Randall Bond. Today's story is entitled, I Like Cookies. I've heard it said that coaching middle school boys is a lot like herding cats. And there might be some truth to that, but cats can actually clean themselves. I've taught at the middle school level for 20 years, and I coached 7th and 8th grade football at a small rural school in northeast Kansas for 14 of those years. I love the game of football. I truly believe it's the greatest team sport ever invented. In order to be successful, you need all kinds of boys to play. It doesn't matter if you're tall, short, fat, skinny, slow, fast, smart, or not as smart. There's a place for you on a football team. We've had a lot of talented and successful young men on our teams who would go on to play at the collegiate level, some at the Division I, and even a few that have played professionally. But two of my favorite stories involve young men that never demonstrated that ability at the middle school level and were polar opposites from one another. Drew was one of the most intelligent quarterbacks I ever coached. He knew all of our plays inside and out. He knew where every player was supposed to be on any given play, and he even knew the blocking assignments of all the linemen. Drew could alter his cadence at the line of scrimmage to draw the opposing team off sides, and he carried out fakes better than almost any quarterback I've had the privilege of coaching. Drew had everything you'd want in a quarterback, except for size. If I told you that Drew was small for a 7th grader, that would be a gross understatement. He was so little that we struggled to find equipment to fit him properly. In fact, we never found any pants that didn't look like they were two sizes too big. His knee pads were down at his ankles, and he had to cinch up his belt super tight just to make sure his pants didn't fall down when he ran. Drew had a cute, round face accentuated by round glasses. He was very respectful, smiled easily and often, and was always positive during practice. If Mr. Rogers and John Denver had a love child, it would have been Drew. And he rarely got to play. Early on in my coaching career, I was determined to play every player in every game, no matter of their ability. This idealism changed when, during an early season game against a much bigger school, I put in a player that I knew was neither mentally or physically ready. That player missed a block, and our quarterback suffered a season-ending leg injury. After that game, I promised myself I would never again play a player unless I was sure he wouldn't be a risk to himself or anyone else. So because I was a coach and also a father, I never felt at ease putting Drew in the game. The last home game of his seventh grade year, we were winning by several touchdowns. We'd already been playing our second and third team players for most of the second half, and midway through the fourth quarter, I called Drew over and told him to get in there and play quarterback. His eyes lit up and his face beamed and he raced onto the field. I put the first team offensive lineman back in with explicit instructions to not allow Drew to get hit. We sent in a play. Drew called it. The huddle broke. And as Drew was taking his place under center, his pants began to fall off of his hips. Down, Drew called, his pants slipping slightly down onto his thighs. We're screaming from the sideline, Drew, your pants are falling down. Set. Drew, your pants are falling down. By the time Drew got to hike, his pants had fallen all the way down to his ankles. As he took the ball from center and tried to step back to hand it off, he tripped, but somehow, miraculously, 
was able to get the ball to one of our running backs, saving the play. Drew picked himself up, dusted himself off, looked over at the bench sheepishly, cinched up his pants even tighter, and went back to the huddle. Drew finished the game, and afterward, as we were teasing him in the locker room, he said, Coach, you know, some guys say that they can play with one hand time behind their back, but do you know too many players who can play with their pants around their ankles? I've told this story often, and many times people don't believe me. They think I'm making it up, but as luck would have it, Drew's mother was taking pictures at that game, and she took pictures as he came into the game, as he called the play in the huddle, and as he crouched behind the center to take the snap, and she had no idea that his pants were falling down around his ankles. His senior year, she had a poster made, and she displayed it in the window of the high school counselor's office so that everyone could be reminded of how far Drew had come since his eighth grade year with his pants down around his ankles. Drew has since graduated high school and college, and he grew to be six feet two inches tall, and he's doing quite well. Another of my favorite memories involved a player named Jordan. Jordan was the polar opposite of Drew. Jordan was about as big around as he was tall, and Jordan wasn't very short. Jordan couldn't run more than 15 or 20 yards without getting winded. But Jordan was so strong that we had him play nose guard. Because of his lack of conditioning, he could only play two or three plays at a time without having to come out to catch his breath. Luckily, the team he was on was pretty good, and so oftentimes on defense, we only needed him for two or three plays at a time before the defense would have to leave the field. The place where we practiced was an old farmer's hayfield. There were no goalposts, no yard markers, and more weeds than grass. The field was surrounded on three sides by trees, and often, as a form of discipline or to get the boys to refocus, I would send them to the far end of the field to get me a leaf from one of those trees and bring it back. Jordan loved to clown around, and he had a great sense of humor, and on one of these occasions, when the boys were getting me a leaf, Jordan was at the back of the group, which was not uncommon, but he appeared to be carrying something. As he got closer, we could see that he was carrying a large branch. It was so large, in fact, that he had to drag it on the ground. As he jogged up and dropped the branch off in front of me, I was a little upset, and I said, Jordan, what's this? I asked you to get me a leaf. To which he replied, well, coach, I figured I'm going to get in trouble again sometime at practice, so I brought back enough, just in case. But my favorite story about Jordan also happened during the last game of his seventh grade year. We were undefeated that year, and we were playing our rival on our own home field. We were up by four points with just over a minute left in the game. The other team had just converted a first down and had called a timeout. I ran onto the field and was trying to encourage the boys on defense. You can do this. This is what we've been practicing for. This is what we do all that conditioning for, for moments like this. But Jordan, Jordan had his hands on his knees, gasping for breath, and I knew I wasn't getting through to him. He looked up at me and said, I can't do it, coach. Jordan, stand up. Listen to me. When the other team gets to the line of scrimmage, as soon as their quarterback yells down, I want you to scream, I like cookies. He looked at me dumbfounded. Do you hear me, Jordan? When the quarterback says down, I want you to yell, I like cookies as loud as you can. Can you do that for me? Yes, coach. I can't hear you, Jordan. 
Yes, coach, I can do that. I then told the other players their assignments, and I jogged off the field. As the other team broke the huddle, Jordan looked over at me, and I pointed to him and screamed, Do it! As soon as the other team's quarterback said down, everyone in the stadium could hear a voice ring out, I like cookies! The quarterback seemed confused, and as the ball was hiked, Jordan burst through the line and tackled him for a loss. The crowd went crazy, our bench went crazy, and with no timeouts left, the other team scrambled to get back to the line of scrimmage. I started screaming, do it again, do it again, do it again. Jordan did, and again, we made a tackle for loss. The opposing team ran one more play as the time expired, and we walked off the field victorious. After the post-game congratulations and team talk in the locker room, Jordan came up to me and said, Coach, how in the world did you know that that would work? What would work, Jordan? How did you know that me yelling, I like cookies, would confuse them so I could make a play? I looked at Jordan and smiled and put my hand on his shoulder. Jordan, I had no idea that you saying that was going to make them mess up. I was just trying to distract you by talking about cookies because I knew you'd forget you were tired and play your best. Jordan walked away shaking his head and the rest of the teammates had a good laugh about that. You know, sometimes... Life pulls our pants down, even when we've given it our all. And sometimes we're so worn down that we feel like we just can't continue. But we can all be more like Drew and Jordan. We can pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, not take things too seriously, and on occasion, allow cookies to help us persevere. This has been Stories from Nowhere. I'm your host, Randall Bond. Thank you so much for listening today, and we hope we have you back next Monday. Stories from Nowhere is sponsored in part by Bond Bonds, specializing in gourmet chocolate-covered treats, including cake pops, cake balls, and much more. Bond and Son Lawn Mowing, Kicking Grass and Taking Names, by Caitlin's Creations, specializing in masks and scrunchies, and Promise Painting painting with a purpose.